today's episode of Still to be Determined, we're going to talk about solar roofs. Can Tesla keep ahead of the pack of the other options? And will the options find a big enough market when they are finally ready to meet the demand? Hey everybody, as usual, I'm Sean Farrell, writer of sci-fi and kids books and an all-around inquisitive bloke about things that are tech. And thankfully for me, with me is my brother, Matt. He, of course, is from Undecided with Matt Farrell, which is why this entire podcast exists, because we talk (laughs) about the episodes that he airs afterwards so that we can chat about some of the deeper details and some of the listener feedback. So how are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing pretty well. It's a good weekend. How about you? Well, now that the clocks have been pushed forward. And maybe permanently. Maybe permanently, (laughs) which here in the U.S., Holding on to daylight savings has been a growing trend over the decades. I remember when Matt and I were kids, which was now four decades ago, hearing our parents complain about Mm -hmm. pushing the clocks forward, pulling the clocks back. I remember there being daylight savings began and ended at different parts of the year so that it was actually more months were spent with yeah. the clock set back and they kept moving the days that they keep on. moving the days but i remember there yeah. being being times when it was like a family-wide coordination this is in the days before we had smart devices which would automatically click to the new time at the appointed hour yeah this is back in the day when our grandparents and our parents <laughs> would literally run around the house yelling i got all the things in this kitchen how about you did you fix the clock in the den we're a couple of olds yeah <laughs> it really <laughs> Daylight savings used to bring families together, but now it just stands in the way of getting enough sleep. And now that the clocks have moved forward, I'm feeling like I agree with the U.S. Senate's recent maneuver to hold on to get daylight savings permanently, get rid of the switching of the clocks. Although I did read an article in the New York Times about the procedure that allowed for the unanimous consent of holding on to daylight savings. Matt, I don't know if you saw the article. But effectively, don't ruin my fun. fun. Well, what it does is it illustrates how (laughs) little our U.S. senators are actually paying attention. The motion to push it forward was basically passed without anybody realizing what was happening. That's great. Yeah, the senators. You're ruining my fun. You're ruining my fun. The senators effectively (laughs) had relied so heavily on their stabs that none of the senators realized what was happening, and some of them heard about it as they were then being interviewed about the passage of the act. So not great times, Hmm. but on to happier news, solar roofs. Yes. (laughs) This episode of course was released on March 15th, 2022 titled the problem with Tesla roofs. And Matt, you and I talked about this episode before it aired. We did not have an episode of this podcast last week because Unfortunate for the podcast, Matt and I actually got to see each other and we're in the same place for an extended period of time. The same car for hours. (laughs) We were in the same car for hours and we talked a little bit about this coming episode. The problem with Tesla Rubes, Matt, you were talking about your expectations around talking about Tesla Mm -hmm. without it being a, I'm going to talk about Tesla and it's going to be a glowing review. You had concerns that the, that the public would have a little bit of a pushback. And I'm wondering, did you actually experience pushback from the Tesla community? Yeah, there was, there were a bunch of comments I saw in there that were taking umbrage with how I was presenting some of the information because Tesla is so well loved 
and seen as a leader in the industry. And I did not see my video as a hit piece against Tesla. And in fact, in the video, I talked about how it's an amazing product they've created, but the problem they're struggling with is what the problem that all of the people that are making these products are struggling with is they can't keep up with demand. They can't make it fast enough. They can't make it cheap enough. And there aren't enough installers that know how to do it. Right. So it's like, that's, and because they're the leader in the industry, that's why I focused on them because they're the ones that are kind of leading the charge in this arena. So it's like, it wasn't Tesla hit piece. It was more of a solar shingles kind of they're, they're the leader. So they kind of came under fire, but yeah, there was some pushback. I don't think that your video could even be categorized as having put them under fire. I felt like, as you just said, as a leader in the industry, this is no different than Tesla showing up and saying all these traditional automakers are doing Mm -hmm. things in a way that doesn't work with today's world. And so we are figuring out a different path. Right. Now, Tesla, in very short order, has become a leader in an industry. And you have other competitors coming forward and saying, we see what they're doing. We understand what they're doing, but we don't think that's the best way. And I think your video was a very even handed examination of (laughs) the various ways that this is happening. And I think what's interesting about this episode of our podcast, as opposed to some of the other episodes, we will be talking effectively about the market, not about the technology necessarily itself. Your video didn't even go deeply into how do solar panels work? You talked about the differences between two models of solar panel, but you didn't go through what a lot of your other videos go through, which is having to dip a toe into the science. Yes. And I think that's a demonstration of this is a technology that a few years ago was just emerging as a kind of head scratcher. Is that really going to work? Yeah. And we're now looking at it from a perspective of this clearly does work. This is going to happen. I have mentioned before on this podcast how in my neighborhood, I live in Brooklyn and in my neighborhood, seeing solar roofs, which are the model different from the housing in most of your video, which is Mm -hmm. a more suburban setting individual homes separated by yards you're talking about brownstones here in brooklyn yeah it's you know buildings that are built side to side you know an entire street of no yards just buildings abutted against each other the roofs that they put in here tend to be the elevated like a little bit of a it looks a little bit like a gazebo has been built on top of a brownstone so you end up with a platform where there's a, a little bit of a scaffold and then the solar tiles on top of that It makes it easy to spot them from the ground. And in my neighborhood, I'm seeing them more and more frequently. You walk around, it's, it used to be, there was one building that I spotted it the first time. And my response to it was, oh, they must be having work done on their roof in some weird way. Why would that scaffolding be up there? And now it's, oh, I understand now what's happening and I see it all over the place. It's like creating a sunshade for a roof deck. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's From the perspective of this used to be something that was new and questioned and not understood, and now it's becoming a more accepted part of our lives, I think it would be helpful for our discussion to know where do you think this falls on the timeline in comparison to, let's say, electric vehicles, where there was a point in time where electric vehicles were, hmm, interesting concept. It'll probably never happen. 
And then it moved forward to, okay, it could happen, but there are still tremendous hurdles in front of the attempt Mm -hmm. to get there. And now we have a market which is a growing consumer base saying, we want that. We have a clear leader in the industry being Tesla in actually selling vehicles at a rate that they can't keep up with demand. And all major auto manufacturers, I would say at this this point, are saying electric vehicles are clearly in our future. So that being a rough timeline going back, let's say, 10 years from today, 10 years ago, the automotive industry would have been at what stage? It would have been at the, you need lots of government subsidies to get people motivated. You need to reassure them that the vehicles will actually be viable and last long, and it's not going to be an immediate loser financially. Where do you see solar panels on that timeline, or are they in a different mode because it's a different industry? Housing is different from cars. I, I think it's that. It's like if you look at the EV industry, it's like you could go back to the first EV that was kind of mass market, which would be made by GM. I wouldn't go that far back because they didn't yeah. really take that car seriously. They weren't producing enough volume, and it, it just wasn't. It was a sign of what could come, but it was never a mass market car. So it's like, I think Tesla is kind of the, I would say the starting gate for when EVs actually became a thing. Right. And so you're talking about a decade into this and we're at that hockey stick moment right now for EVs where it's about to skyrocket. Solar has been around for 40 years on homes. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is a known quantity. It's been around for a long time, but it's been a really slow roll. I think it's apples and oranges a little bit because to do solar panels on your home, you have to have a home. And half of people in the United States don't own a home. They rent. They live in apartments like you. So it's like you can't get solar panels in your house, but you could buy an EV. So it's like it's it's kind of apples and oranges. So I think EVs are going to take off in a shorter time period compared to what is happening with solar. But solar is also starting to get to that hockey stick moment, but it's going to look very different from what we're seeing in EVs. Yeah. Another element of this in the apples and oranges aspect of it is you point out in your video, if you're going to put one of these roofs on, you probably are in a position where you're thinking about getting a new roof. Yes. And the lifespan of a roof is much different than the lifespan of a car. If you bought a car today and you were, (laughs) and you were, if I was going out and buying a car today and I decided, okay, I don't want to jump on an electric vehicle right now because I can't afford a Tesla. And I want the market to kind of price balance a little bit as these other auto manufacturers introduce vehicles. Mm-hmm. If I buy a car today, I'll probably be looking to replace it maybe in five years. Like there's a window of time where you might say, okay, it's okay for me to replace this vehicle, even though it's only five years old, because that's the life cycle of a car that we look at. But as you point out, you put a new roof on your home two years ago, you're not looking, yes. you're not looking for a new roof now. You probably no. have a 30 year warranty on that roof. You're not yes. going to be, you're not going to be jumping unless <laughs> yeah. you have other reasons along the lines of like, I am so on board with solar. I am so about renewable energy. I am so wanting to be a part of this as opposed to part of the old guard. If you have those motivations, that's fine. But most people are not going to fall into that camp. Absolutely not. There's also the side of, there's an argument to that though, Sean, of like, it's like if you have a gasoline car right now and you're pl- and that car has a good five years of life for you left in it, it is far smarter 
to keep that gas car for those five years than to chuck it and go get mm-hmm. an EV. Right. It actually is better because the manufacturing of a car is so <laughs> problematic for the environment and the climate. Just making them, EV or not, it's like it's better to hold on to that car for those next three to five years than to jump into EV. Mm-hmm. You should get the product when you technically need the product, not you shouldn't just go off kind of half cocked and say, "Ooh, I want EVs and just go get EVs and just chuck away your car. Um, it's the same thing for roofs. It's like if you still have 15 years left in your roof, it's really wasteful to, to take that those asphalt shingles down or whatever else is on your roof down because some of these materials aren't easily recyclable. Like if you have right. a metal roof, that's fully recyclable. But if you have asphalt shingles, it's a different story. So it's probably better to hold onto your roof until it actually needs to be replaced. Yeah, in the vein of that comment, I'd like to dip now into the viewer comments. And of course, don't forget, listeners, if you have any direct experience with any of these roof options, or if you're thinking about expanding into solar options, jump into the comments. You can do it here on YouTube, or you can find the contact info in the podcast description. And while you're doing all of that, don't forget to subscribe and to like the episode. The first comment I wanted to talk about was this one from Oliver Vandertalk, who wrote, clay tile roofs never have to be replaced. I have two sloping roofs, one facing west and the other east. I waited until I had to put up two rooftop dormers with flat roofs, and then I installed the solar panels on the one that was facing south. So these options that we're talking about are also, we're clearly talking American-centric. Yes. There are roof options globally that aren't going to fit any of the categories that you know (laughs) they last 100 years they've been there forever they'll always be there forever unless something actually physically impacts the roof it doesn't get damaged easily so those options then become there's more to wrestle with in those and there's another aspect to it which is the aesthetic change there are going to be some homes for which a Mm -hmm. solar panel added to it like i'm thinking of a tile roof you're effectively that's a big leap for some people changing the aesthetic of a home in that way with all the advantages that a solar roof might give you there are going to be some people are going to say it's going to legitimately destroy how my home looks and i don't i don't want that so that's another part of the equation yeah i was going to say the house that my wife and i are currently working on building the solar roof came to mind for about five seconds before i kind of set that aside because cost and i still personally think it's a little too early Things are still shifting and it's like, I'd want to to settle down a little bit more for jumping in. And as I've been pricing out building my house, the different components, it's like building a house with a metal roof, which is one fully recyclable. It will last easily 50 years on the roof of my house. It's like, I'll put it up there and I'll never have to deal with it again. To me, that makes more sense. The more modular do metal with some solar panels slapped on top of it. It makes more sense for me personally. And I don't have that aesthetic problem. It's like, I like the look of solar panels. I think it looks pretty cool. So it's like, I have zero issues with putting it on my roof, but I totally understand people that are like, no, I think it looks bad. I don't want it. So solar tiles are the perfect option. But again, if you're looking today, it's like, all I have to say is God, Godspeed to you because you're going to be on a long waiting list and you start, better start planning now because if you get a leak in your roof or you're like, my roof has to be replaced in the next month. You're not getting a solar roof. It's like, it's, that's the problem right now. I also thought it was fascinating. One of the companies that you highlighted, I believe it was the German company was doing some very avant-garde 
solar designs. They were doing things with curved panels. They were doing things that aesthetically were very different from one another. Oh yeah. And I wonder how much do you see, is their option as efficient as the other options or is their strength really the aesthetic side of it? I, it's hard to say because this is one of the reasons why I always cut. I can't really talk about costs because it varies so much house to house and yeah, it's so specific. But for as far as efficiencies and what you're going to get out of it, I think they're basically kind of apples to apples. They're roughly on par with each other. But for costs, it's hard to talk about. It's right. really hard. And then installation becoming yeah. an additional cost on top of that. I can imagine the more complex your roof is, the more detailed the installation has to be. Yeah. That the cost starts to go way up the more complicated your roof gets. So you could still have a 2,000 square foot roof between two houses, but if one has lots of dormers and lots of angles and lots of different things to it, one house is going to cost dramatically higher than the other because of labor and all the different parts that are needed to make it work. There was also this comment from Jim Myers who wrote, the only thing holding solar roofing off is the difference between R&D scale and consumer product manufacturing. They simply cannot make the tiles panels fast enough for the demand already out there. The companies involved, including Tesla, all need to look at major capital investments for manufacturing at scale. Tesla already knows how to do this. I think the only problem here is that Elon has too much on his plate and hasn't put the time or resources into it to make it happen. Lots of speculation about what Elon Musk is focused on. Elon Musk does yeah. have a lot of irons and a lot of fires. And in no way are we trying to say that Elon is distracted from this or that part of his companies, but there is i would also argue on that point he has a team of very smart people with him right and to assume that it takes him being focused on it for to actually get done i think is a disservice to the smart people that are working at tesla like there are some great people working in the solar energy arm of tesla it's like he doesn't have to have his focus there for it to work well right but i think that the heart of jim's comment does yeah carry some water the idea that it's going to take major capital investment for manufacturing at scale and here it runs full on into currently evolving worldwide events with the destabilization (laughs) in europe as the result of russia's invasion of ukraine and concerns about china and Mm -hmm. the manufacturing at scale typically has taken place in china and Mm -hmm. so my question to you is do you see any signs of where this kind of manufacturing is currently growing a lot of the companies you talked about were european Mm -hmm. are these companies doing manufacturing within those countries or are they farming this work out to other parts of the world like china or india India is another country with a growing manufacturing uh, industry. So their opportunities for connection with Europe or the Tesla uh, roofing, roofing operation might be a, a place. But did you see any indication as to where these companies are trying to ramp up production? China is the number one. It's the biggest one right now. There are places in Europe. There are places in Korea, Taiwan that are sizable and growing in the united states tesla in our old stomping grounds near rochester there's buffalo the tesla gigafactory that's in buffalo that's what they make they make solar panels and that's where they're working on the solar roof is there 
Mm-hmm. So it's there is American production that's coming up and being built out, but it's on a different scale from what we're seeing overseas in other countries. Mm-hmm. So that is that is a problem. But but to add on to his comment, he's hundred percent right. But it's that's one half of the puzzle. The other half of the puzzle, which I was trying to hammer on the video, is it's the installation and labor. It's mm-hmm. like it is very different to install a solar roof than it is a regular roof. And they're just, we have a shortage of people that know how to do this. And so that's one of the big things that Tesla's been running to. They can't make the tiles fast enough, but they even have a harder time finding the people who can install it quickly. So it's like, there's a ramp up time. Like I actually interviewed a company that's doing this. The first one they did took a better part of a week. The second roof they did, they were able to get it done. I think it was like like a few days. And he was, and he said to me, he thinks that they could get it down to maybe two days, right? You know, when they get at a well-oiled machine, and so it's like, and this is a pr- professional roof installer saying, we right. think we can get it down to two days, and it's a struggle. And so it's like, if imagine every company that's trying to do this is going to have the same exact learning curve in every region across the world. So it's like, there's going to take some it, labor is should not be discounted. That's yeah. a huge, huge part of this. And I want to point out something that I spotted in your video. Putting down a normal roof is difficult. Mm-hmm. This is not something that mm-hmm. I would be able to climb up on a roof and slap some tiles down. It's one of those things I think that is deceptively complicated. And to, in your to video, do it right. to do it right. Oh, I could absolutely nail gun some tiles down yeah. onto a yeah. piece of plywood. There is no, oh, I could do. no question I could do that. And then the first yeah big rainstorm we could run around on your upper floor trying to put down enough pans (laughs) to catch all the water that would be coming through yeah one of the things that stood out to me was in the video and it was i believe it was video of just a normal roof being laid was Mm -hmm. the speed at which the workers were working but the precision with which they were working and they were working like a team it almost looked like a group of ants one ant that that puts itself in a position for the second ant to crawl over it to allow the third ant to come up and reach that branch that it's trying to climb to. And then they form that ant bridge. They're working collectively to do this thing, watching these workers move across the roof with speed where one guy has the next part of tile and he's unrolling it and putting it into place as the second guy is nailing down the previous tile. And the third guy is beginning to unroll the next tile after the speed mm-hmm. with which they're doing this, the precision is impressive. It almost has that sort of competitive air to it, almost like they're racing <laughs> against a clock. And yeah. ultimately they are. The more roofs that a roofing company can lay down, the more money, the they, more can money they can make. So now you add into that equation, oh, this is now something that is going to be a solar panel. It has to be put down in a way that doesn't damage its ability to produce energy and it needs to be wired into yes. The, the, into the system and they you had several shots of them holding these solar the is it the gaff industry one where it's yeah it's the timber line shingles thin, are yeah. really wide yeah yeah and this is now going to add a layer to that job and then yes. the tesla roof is probably a hundred times more complicated than that so my question to you is are you aware of any of these companies taking, like reaching out to roofing companies and saying, we'll train your people for free? But Tesla, well, I don't know if they're training for free, but Tesla is doing just that. It's like they are outreaching to different 
solar installers and roofing installers and saying, you know, come get training and we'll train you on how to do this. They're absolutely doing that. GAF is going to be doing the same thing. They're already in the industry of mm-hmm. roof, just regular roofs. So it's like they already have a network in place where they can reach out to all of their certified installers and people that work with them already and start to kind of train them on how to do these systems. So it's like, I think they, I think they have a leg up because of that over Tesla where Tesla mm-hmm. is kind of coming in from the outside in. They're already on the inside working out. So I think it's going to be a little easier for them to find the labor part of the equation versus mm-hmm. Tesla. But it'll be interesting to see if they can do the manufacturing and the technology works as well as what Tesla's doing. So it'll be interesting to see how those two companies kind of like grow and compete because they're coming at it from different angles. That ties into the last comment I wanted to share. And this one was from Lyft Pizzas, which I assume is a company name, but maybe Mr. Pizzas is just named Lyft. <laughs> Lyft writes, I like the idea, but the people selling them are the type of sleazy guys who sell garbage on infomercials. When you have to resort to those types of tactics, it's because you know the product is not worth anywhere near what you're trying to sell it for. Also, a 30-year guarantee only works if the company still exists in 30 years. Good luck with that. This is a a little hyperbolic in the comment zone, but the reason I wanted to share it was this. I think there is some element of how this industry is coming across in this comment. And I will say that no different from Lyft Pizza's experience with advertising around this. I am not familiar with seeing any advertising around this other than through ads on YouTube. And they do mm-hmm. come across with that kind of yes, they do snake oil salesperson vibe that's no different than, you know, here's an essential oil that will cure your gout. And then yeah. the next ad is, <laughs> do you have a roof? Do you like the sun? Maybe those two things can come together in a beautiful way. And it does have that edge to it of why is this the area? Why is this the advertising marketing talk around this instead of it being something else? And of course, you in your video point out that these are companies that are going to home shows and they're winning awards. And home shows are a very particular type of marketplace. It is. Mm I I remember our parents used to go to them and I was as a teenager thinking I would rather be dragged through a (laughs) field of broken glass than go to a home show and hear people talk about here's the type of roofing you can put on your home. So I know that YouTube ads are not the only place where this kind of thing is being marketed, but there is that aspect of too good to be true that is kind of wrapped around some of this. And then the other side of it, with the question about a 30-year guarantee only working if the company is still around in 30 years, this ties into something you just said. Tesla is coming in from the outside of this market, but Tesla mm-hmm. also has a proven track record as a company, the size of it, the yes. finances behind it. I do yes. not expect Tesla to be gone in 30 years. No. However, I'm wondering which of these companies are in fact building from scratch. In other words, they are brand new outfits. They're based on research that maybe came out of academia or some other place, and they've established a new company to do this thing, and which are part of a longer existing tradition. You already mentioned GAF is a part of yes. a, a longstanding, very well-established uh, roofing company. So they're not going to be going anyway, and they've got the infrastructure behind them to keep them afloat. 
is there are there other players here that you're like okay there's tesla there's gaff and then there's this other company that has a great product but they're going to be jumping over bigger hurdles because they're so new and they might not be able to have the legs to make it to the end okay i'm going to answer your question in a kind of roundabout way this Mm -hmm. ties back to when i was saying for my own house i'm building i'm probably not going to be doing a solar roof and this ties into why i'm not doing that because even when you're talking about gaff or tesla this stuff is changing so fast. Like Tesla has already on like version 2.0 of their tile product, which is a different shape and size from the previous one. So now imagine you're the homeowner that has the version one and 10 years down the road, something breaks. What if Tesla is no longer making that model of your tile? Right. What do you do? It's like that for me was the, uh, it's a little too early days for this because Tesla, even though the company will be here, just like Apple, it's like, they only make certain iPhones for so long and they stop making them. It's like, is Tesla going to be making this version of the solar roof they're selling today for 30 years? I'm going to say no. I'm going to doubt that they will be doing that. So it's like at a certain point, they'll probably stop manufacturing it. And then if something happens to your roof, do you now have to replace your whole roof because nobody makes a replacement product just for the section that you have to fix? So that makes me very nervous as a homeowner. So that ties into it's, it's not really necessarily that a company will go under. It's how long will these companies support the products they're making today? Because today you have an asphalt roof. I could get a matching asphalt shingle that's not even the manufacturer who made this one that looks damn close. So if a section of my roof has to get replaced, it'll look, it'll look pretty much seamless. And it's like, I don't have to worry about it. That's not the case for these roofs. So then to answer your question, Tesla and Gaff are kind of the big ones that are kind of well-established you're probably safe going with them as far as they're going to be here for a very long time. Some of the companies I talked about, like Luma Solar, Sunroof, the, I think it's the Swedish company. Those companies have been around for a while, but they are still very small. They're very niche. And there's a question in my mind of, can they survive? Because when you have companies like Tesla and Gaff, there are these giants coming into the field. It feels like they're going to subsume the market and these right. smaller players may just have a really hard time. So it's, it's not that they are doing anything wrong. It just means they may not survive in a free market because they just get trumped by the 800 pound gorilla that's also selling a similar product. Right. Or so purchased that, by that, the 800 pound gorilla. Correct. So it's like I, there, are, there are definitely a lot of the companies I talk about are smaller players. It's not that they came from academia technology. It's just they're smaller companies and they're trying to scale up. And I know Sunroof was planning to move into the United States and then they shelved that plan from what I've heard. So it's like they they still want to come here, but I think that de- they've delayed it because of the the whole market of the world right now. So they've yeah. slowed down their role in the US. They're a small company. They got to do what they got to do. So right. this is this is all of this plays into my I feel like it's still too early days to jump into this, which is why I'm probably not going to do it for my home, even though I think it's a really cool product. Right. Does that answer your question? It does. It does. <laughs> so listeners my question to you are you ready to jump into this pool unlike matt who's looking at it even as he's building a new home and he's saying i think that a metal roof is the best way for me to go but do you think you're ready to jump into this pool and which end of the pool are you going to jump into you're going to jump into the cheaper end of the pool where maybe it's a option that is a little more well established and maybe is just based on current trends a little easier to step into or are you holding out for the gold standard are you going to shoot for the higher end roof let us know in the comments 
And remember, if you'd like to support the show, you can review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm going to stop saying the word <laughs> podcasts. And if you'd like to more directly support us, you can go to stilltbd.fm and click the become a supporter button and throw some coins at our heads. Believe it or not, we don't mind. And if we catch it in our ear, we get to keep it. Yee. <laughs> you can also click the join button on YouTube and become a member there. All of that really does help support the show. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you next time.